Good morning. It is so good to be with you again this morning. We are starting a new series today, and I'm excited to bring this one to you. This is going to take us over the next five weeks. My prayer is that we can be together for the last few uh, sermons here at the church, but um, we're going to start out today with this new series. And I think it's very appropriate, especially for the season that we're in, uh, social distancing, being isolated from one another. And um, I want to talk about emotions uh, during these next five weeks because I, I think during this time you've probably experienced some emotions or maybe another level of those emotions that you haven't experienced in, in quite some time. And so I want to talk about a biblical perspective on these emotions and some things that you may be experiencing because what we want to understand during this time is that we are going to face some different emotions um, but through this, there's a biblical answer to every single one of these that we are facing. So we'll look at five of these uh, over the next five weeks. And um, maybe you have experienced your emotions getting the best of you over this recent time. You're caught up in the house. You're with the same people uh, hour after hour, day after day. And you maybe experienced some things. You felt maybe even some uncertainty. You felt uh, fear maybe anger, um, just different emotions that can rise up when we face times of uncertainty. Um, you may have even asked the question, will I still have a job when all of this is over? Where are the finances coming from? Will my kids ever learn to pick up after themselves? And of course, all the emotions that, involve, uh, that are involved during that time. Well, life, life's uncertainties certainly can do that to each and every one of us. And I've also found, just as I was uh, looking over this the last uh, week and a half, I've looked over and asked myself even this question that maybe even we found ourselves uh, questioning God in an area that we thought we were pretty settled in. We know that God is our provider. We know that God is our healer. He is our sustainer. But because of the recent wave of how life has changed so much, Maybe even our faith has betrayed us in a sense of what we thought we were sure of, even when it came to God. And so I want to, first of all, help us to understand that emotions are a normal thing, but it's what do we do with these emotions and how can we allow a biblical perspective during this time to shape how we react to those emotions. Today I want to look at the first emotion, and that is the emotion... Uh, and we're going to see maybe it's a little bit more than an emotion, but fear. Wow. If you have been watching TV, if you've been around some friends uh, who maybe don't have a hopeful type of um, perspective on all of this, you've experienced some fear during this season. Um, for some, it may be fear of health. As I mentioned a few moments ago, fear of losing your job. Um, fear, parents, fear of how are you going to teach your children during this time, just all kinds of things that may be showing up. I did a quick uh, Google search, and here's what I found, just again, a quick Google definition. Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or to cause a threat. And then it also had another definition, to be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. You know, fear can show up even when we have great faith. We're going to see that in the story here in just a little bit of how that happened. Fear can cloud your remembrance of who God is. I think we've experienced that from time to time. 
And fear will often even show up after a great victory. You've seen God come through in a situation, and then it seems like maybe the next day or the next week, fear has an opportunity uh, that can come in uh, to play. As we've been reading, if you've been following along in our read through the Bible, this is for the Abundant Life family. If you've been following along the Life Journal reading plan, we've been reading about Saul and how he even had a distressing, fearful spirit that would come upon him from time to time. Actually, the Lord sent that because he had been disobedient, disobedient to the Lord and uh, just some underlying things that were going on there. But it was a distressing spirit that, that came upon him from time to time. I have a friend, his name is Huey Hudson, and uh, he was speaking to us recently at one of the conferences that we had and uh, heard him on several other occasions. But he said this, the presence of evil, and this was his definition of fear, the presence of evil that creates an emotional feeling that something bad is going to happen. Fear is natural. Fear is one of those things that we will experience from time to time. What I want us to understand, and I'm reiterating this from a point I just made, how do we respond to that fear? And I pray that as we continue through the day that this is a blessing to you and just another tool from God's Word that helps us to process this idea of fear. Well, first of all, we have to understand that fear is so much more than just an emotion. Um, it causes you to believe something bad is going to happen, maybe to you or to someone that you love. It will try to rob you of that hope. Uh, I think one of the most famous verses when we talk about fear comes from 2 Timothy 1, chapter 1, verse 7. And this is a great scripture maybe for you to write down, to repeat several times uh, this week to memorize it. But it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And I want you to notice a couple thing in the, things in those verses. It says God has not given us a spirit of fear. So that shows us that fear is much more than just an emotion. It's attached to a very spiritual thing that can happen, and it's a spirit of fear. But of power, he's given us power, love, and self-discipline. Other translations say a sound mind. The alternative to being influenced by the, the spirit of fear is to be led by the Holy Spirit. What does that do for us? Well, it gives us and offers us power in the Spirit, love because of the Holy Spirit, and that sound mind that only the Holy Spirit can bring to us. So when we're facing those, that emotion of fear, that spirit of fear, be reminded of what God provides, what the Holy Spirit provides, and that is power, love, and a sound mind. And again, we're going to see a few examples of this today. So the question this plainly says God has not given us a spirit of fear. Where does that come from? Obviously from the evil one, uh, because it's contrary to what God wants to produce, what the Holy Spirit wants to produce uh, within us. Our enemy, the devil, the Bible tells us that he roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he can do that through fear. He can devour your, your faith in the sense that I believe God and now all of a sudden here comes this fear that's creeping in and it begins to devour what we thought we held true. But how much does God love us and does he care for us and that he wants to assure us during these times? 1 John 4.16 says we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. Again, that trust goes in the opposite direction of the fear factor that, that's there. But we have put our trust in his love. God is love. 
And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. It goes on to say in verse 18 there of 1 John chapter 4, it says, Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. And that, of course, is the love of God. Fear is much more than an emotion. How do we deal with it? There's another thing about fear. Fear wants to cripple you. It wants to stop you in your tracks to do what you know that you're called to do or what you're supposed to be doing. Fear will find your weak spot. It will make you feel fearful for your health, for your children, for money, any weakness where it can catch you off guard. I believe we've all been called off guard in this season uh, today, how we even uh, function as a church family. Maybe your job has totally changed. We know for parents that school has totally changed and for students, the way that you learn has totally changed and we can be caught off guard. I want to tell you a story about a prophet named Elijah and if you want to turn with me in your Bibles to First uh, Kings, we will be in chapter 19 here in just a few moments. So you can turn to First Kings chapter 19. Um, but before we get to chapter 19, I want to give you a little bit of background that is in uh, chapter 18 of 1 Kings. Elijah has just won a major victory. The prophets of Baal had come to him, and there were a total of 850 prophets total as you read through the chapter uh, 18 there. But they were challenging Elijah. They were challenging his God. And he said, sure, we'll go for this. And this is the story. I encourage you to read through this, by the way. But this is the story where they were testing to see who the true God was. And they built altars. And finally, by the end of this story, Elijah had poured water all over his offering of wood and, and the things that were there. And it says that fire came from heaven and it burned up that offering. And of course, by that point, the, the, um, the prophets had the, uh, the false prophets of Baal had been destroyed at this point. So a great victory had just happened right after this story, before you get into chapter 19. This is where Elijah is calling for rain again. Rain had been withheld from the land and he was calling for rain and sure enough, God sent rain. So amazing things had happened. The 850 prophets had been defeated. Rain had been sent. Well, Jezebel at this time heard about what was happening. And she was angry because these were her prophets and she served these false gods. So she had heard what Elijah had done to all the prophets and she began to threaten him. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. Remember, these prophets are Jezebel's people that had been defeated. So we're going to look in verse 1. It says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me by this time tomorrow if I have not killed you just as you killed them. Look at verse 3. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. This is the guy who had just defeated by God's power and strength 850 prophets. This is the guy who had just seen the miraculous work of God bring rain. But he was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all that day. He sat down, sat down under a solitary broom tree, and he prayed that night that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. 
Then he laid down and he slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread and baked bread on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and he lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah's God had just defeated the gods of Jezebel. There was a major victory that had just happened. But you know, Elijah believed the words of Jezebel rather than remembering the victory that God had just given to him. Remembering the miraculous sign of the rain that had come. You know, you and I have to be in guard, on guard against this type of thing that can happen. Why is that? First of all, we have to understand this. God will take care of us from victory to victory, from battle to battle. God will sustain us. There's a verse in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 that says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as he has provided for us, as he has cared for us, as he has shown us who he is yesterday, he will do that today and he will continue to do that. And so we remember that God is the same. If he has given us victory in the past, even in our present circumstance, he will continue to do that. Has God provided for you in the past? He'll keep doing it. Has God protected you? He will keep doing it. Has God healed you in the past? You know, God is all-powerful and will continue to do this in our lives. What do we have to fear? Of course, during the season, we have to use diligence, right? We have to prepare for the future. The economy is uncertain. Health is uncertain. We, we've got to be smart. We've got to use wisdom. We must pray. But the key is to not allow fear to cripple us. Fear does not have to cripple us because we understand who God is. Psalm 27, 1 says it this way, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? Fear wants to cripple you, but we have an almighty, all-powerful God who has taken care of us before, and he will continue to do so. You know, fear also wants you to hide what God has given you. Now, this is a familiar story. If you've been in church for a while, you um, understand the, the parable of the talent. So if you will, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. And I want to pick this story up a little bit later. Let me give it a little bit of background on this one as well. There was a master who was going away. And so he had three servants that he wanted to entrust some money to. And so to the first servant, he gave a certain amount of money. Uh, to the second servant, he didn't give quite as much money. And then to the third servant, even less money he gave. And he said, I want you to invest this while I'm gone. I'm going to return. I'm going to check in on it. But uh, do your part while I'm gone. As we pick up this story in verse 24 of Matthew 25, we see the servant who only received one bag of silver and what he did. He was afraid. 
It says, Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I know you were a harsh man, investing crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you, had no, if you knew I had harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. This verse brings up some interesting insights into what God was communicating about the one who was fearful. In fact, if you will look in verse 26, this servant is called wicked and lazy because he was fearful. Now, I want to, be, I want to clarify something here. We will face the emotion of fear from time to time. Um, that's an emotion that we have, that we have been given is is fear. Uh, sometimes fear can save our lives, right? What we are specifically looking at today is when that fear is now controlling us, as opposed to understanding what God has provided for us. So in this sense here, what Jesus is even saying is this goes beyond the state of being fearful um, or having the emotion of fear, but it's now a controlling force, that fear is now controlling what you believe what you think and even how you react and because this servant was allowing this to be more than just an emotion he was called fearful he was called lazy and wicked he had been crippled by fear you know elijah was crippled he ran away actually he didn't stay and do what god had asked him to do he fled his fear crippled him from doing what he was supposed to do but then there came a time where God told Elijah, you know, it's time to get up and it's time to go back. King David, many times you read in the Psalms where it said that he would not stumble, but yet his enemies would. You know why that is? Because God was sustaining him and David was turning to God in those moments. You will face the emotion of fear, but what do you do with that emotion? During this season, what are you doing with that emotion of fear that maybe has crept in? in one area of your life or another? Do you allow it to rule you, causing you to be fearful and lazy? It's interesting that a great man of faith like Elijah prayed, Lord, I've had enough. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. You know, he was ready to give up despite all the miracles that he had witnessed. And he witnessed many miracles. He was a part of many miracles. But at this point, because a threat had been placed upon his life, he was ready to die. Just take me now, Lord, he was saying. God has called us to be bold in our faith and to trust him despite the fear. I want to encourage us not to hide our gifts and the anointing that God has given us, even during this season. Don't give up on God. Take a stand and defeat fear. What is it that you're facing today? Believe God. Have faith in God and trust Him. The last thing I want to look at, fear wants you to hide from God in His presence. Now this is going to take us back to Genesis, the very beginning. And this is the story where Adam and Eve, uh, as we pick up this story, it will be uh, Eve. Um, this is the story in Genesis chapter 3. We'll be reading verses 6 through 10 where there was a temptation that had come from the serpent. 
And the serpent told Eve, hey, if you'll take this fruit, look, it's good, it's good for you. You can actually have this. Did God really say don't eat of this? I want to see the results of the fact that she gave in to what the enemy was saying. Uh, and so this is where we pick up the story. So the, the fruit had been offered. Uh, the woman, it says here in verse 6, she was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and that its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves. When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. The Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. You will face fear. The encouragement is that it will not control you. There may even be seasons uh, during this, this specific time frame that we are in where maybe even you find yourself not being obedient to the Lord. Maybe you find yourselves hiding from God because of whatever has happened, lack of trust in the Lord. Now you're feeling guilty, and so you're hiding. I want to encourage you not to hide from God. Adam and Eve had no shame before they sinned against the Lord, but their sin against God caused them to be afraid and to hide. The key is to confess our sin before the Lord so that fear will not have a hold on our life. During this season, fear will want you to hide from God in His presence. I want to encourage us all to run to the Lord. When we're facing the emotion of fear, when it begins to take over and to maybe to cripple us and to uh, cause us to want to hide our gifts and our anointing or even hide from God, instead run to Him. I want to leave you with Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. God says here, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. Wow, we can face that during this season, huh? Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That is the God that we serve. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never confessed your sin before the Lord and, and began a relationship with Jesus. We may call that being saved or uh, having faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you an opportunity to do that today if you have not. You simply do that by just recognizing, God, I am a sinner who has sinned against you. And today I want to confess these sins and you list out what those are, your sins before the Lord. And I understand that you sent your son Jesus to die upon the cross for my sin, taking my place, paying my sin debt that I could not pay on my own. Jesus, you did that for me by shedding your blood, by dying upon the cross, by being buried, and by rising from the dead, being resurrected from the grave. You came back to life. And then you ascended into heaven where you're making intercession now. And I confess that Jesus... And I ask that Jesus is now Lord of my life. That's a way that you become part of the kingdom of God. And then you begin to pray. You begin to read the word and find out all the amazing things that God has 
in store for you, all the things that he has done for you. And that begins with a decision. Maybe you're already a believer and you're thinking, I've allowed fear to creep in during this season. Just take a few moments before the Lord and turn your focus to him. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness in these moments. God, I've trusted in myself. I've trusted in the provision that my job gives. I've trusted in um, anything but you during this season. And allow God in this moment to come in and just to surround you with his love. There's a few questions that um, are attached to the email that you received, or if you're watching this through Facebook, there are going to be some questions there too. And I want you to go through these by yourself with your family and discuss these things. And when you finish up with these questions, I want you as an individual or with your family to read Psalm 91 verses 1 through 11. Maybe you read it a couple of times to process it. Read it slowly. Have different members of your family read different verses and talk about what it means to you during this season. God promises us. He says, fear not, for I am with you. And I want you to receive those words of encouragement today. Stasha and I love you. We miss you very much. And we pray that you have a wonderful Sunday. God bless you.